hi and uh welcome to beyond black a few things before we get into the episode i would like listeners to keep in mind a big thing is that this discussion was recorded before the arrival of the convoy and so a few things have definitely changed since we recorded um a big notable difference is the board um the discussion we recorded we talk a lot about chair deans and diane deans is no longer chair diane deans has been unceremoniously ousted from her position in a power grab by mayor watson who has replaced her used his power in city council with his watson club to replace her with someone more favorable to him who will push his agenda. And it is important to note that the police services board is meant to be an independent body of city council. So we have a mayor who used the chaos in the city to further his agenda. I I urge people I really urge people now more than ever to start paying attention to municipal politics because who we place into city council really, it it does have an impact. It really does because the police services board, as you will get to know in this episode, is meant to oversee the police they are meant to hold the police accountable they are in a way the police the boss of the police and so certain members are elected or appointed by the council and who we elect into city council shapes the police services board And when we have a city council that has become as corrupt as the one we have now, we end up in a situation like the like what we're in now. Like, so there's that. Um, Oh. So yes, I hope that this episode gives people an understanding, a brief understanding of what the Ottawa Police Services Board does, how they operate and what we can do because showing up to the board meetings, delegating, speaking up, that is the power we have as the citizens and holding the police services board accountable is what we have as well as electing our city councilors and this is an election year and so we can make our voices heard and we can elect new city councilors who keep racialized and marginalized folks in mind and who will not bend at the knee for Mayor Watson. 
as for the convoy, I am still processing. I have a lot of things I would like to say. I have a lot of feelings about it. And I would like to have a full conversation about that and how it relates to policing. Uh, right now is not that time because we have a police services board meeting coming up in a few days, the 28th of February. There is still time to, to sign up to delegate on a certain topic. And there is still time, of course, those meetings are live streamed and recorded so anyone can watch. There is still time to send in written delegations. And so I do urge people to start paying attention because the corruption in city council has, has gotten out of hand and it is time for us to start paying attention and it is time for us to start holding our counselors accountable. So with that, I give you the episode. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. No man can give anybody his freedom. Man is born free. You may enslave a man after he is born free. You always told me it takes time. How much time do you want for your progress? We have to go to the root. We have to go to the cause. Dealing with the condition itself is not enough. No, no. Hello, and welcome to this very special bonus episode of Beyond Black, the journey to active allyship. I'm your host, Emma, and today we have a special guest, Sam Hirsch, board member of Horizon, a group in Ottawa. And before I take it away and get into the topic, I'm just going to let Sam introduce himself a little. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on, Emma. It's great to be on this podcast. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm on the board of Horizon Ottawa, um, us, you know, an organization that started about, we started about two years ago um, and have been doing a lot of stuff since. And, and, and you know, one of the things that we really <clears throat> speak about is, um, you know, issues surrounding policing in our city and reallocation of, of, of funds from the police and, and, and other services to more services that I would say, I suppose I would say are more deserving of, of the money. Um, and, you know, I, you know, uh, just a little bit about myself. I, I have been living in Ottawa for the past five years, grew up in Montreal um, and came here for school. And uh, like I said, uh, you know, got stuck here as, as most people do. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's, um, you know, I, I, I used to be really involved in, um, and still am uh, really involved in, in, in politics at, at other levels of government. Um, you know, at provincial, federal as well. But um, after having worked at, at, at City Hall and had an, an unceremonious end, which I won't go into too much detail <laughs> there, um, but um, I, uh, um, you know, really found, you know, the, about the importance of getting involved at the local level and also sort of more, um, you know, thought about, you know, where, where could we really, where, where is the best venue to sort of push for change. Um, and I found that, you know, obviously there's, you know, there's something to, to speak about, you know, 
organizing outside of electoral politics, and I guess we'll get into this a bit more, but what, what, what Horizon Ottawa tries to do really is, is to bridge that gap between um, social movements and electoral-based politics. And I think that the local level is the best uh, space to do that. Um, you know, the federal and provincial are really far removed. And, and I think uh, a lot of the issues that we've been seeing throughout this pandemic that have been happening, things like mutual aid, um, <clears throat> things like policing, uh, you know, are, are all level are all things that are that are more um, spoken about and, and, and advocated upon at, at the local level. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I think that's sort of where where I come from in um, getting involved with Horizon and, and the activism that that I do and I have done throughout this uh, this pandemic. All right. So, yeah, that was a great segue. Um, so Sam's here to talk about policing in Ottawa and what's been going on with that. So one of the things that I have in the last few years myself learned about, even though I was born and raised here in Ottawa and took to, uh, I don't know, how many years into my adult life before I found out that we have this board called the Ottawa Police Services Board, which is a committee that meets monthly, I think, uh, approximately, hmm. um, that actually has a, a really influential, important role, a lot of power when it comes to decision-making and what happens uh, ha with policing in Ottawa. So I know for myself, that was a lot to take in. And so today I would really like us to get into what this board is, what they do, what's been going on with them in the past couple of years, because some major things have been happening, what their role is in the future of policing, and where do we go? Because I know, like myself, there are many people in this city that would like to see uh, the police have a smaller or no role in, <laughs> in what goes on in the city. So um, maybe, because I know you've been to a lot of these meetings, so maybe I will leave it to you to tell us a little bit uh, briefly what this board does, who who they are, what are they made up of? Give us a little a little taste of this board. Yeah, yeah. so thank, so yeah, so you know, across uh, Ontario and in, in, in most municipalities, there's um, a police services board that is, um, in theory, uh, responsible for uh, holding you know the police accountable, and and they're basically the the. <laughs> <laughs> the the employer like they're they're the employers essentially of of the police so so when there's sort of reprimands happening that a lot of that happens and is decided upon <clears throat> at the police services board though the police services board is can't um suspend police without pay or anything like that um so a lot of the consequences that they actually can put forward uh to police are actually very um you know sort of slap on the wrist sort of thing but these are where these are boards are also where a lot of big expenses uh, get approved. Uh, for example, yesterday was actually the police services board meeting for the month of January, and uh, two million dollars worth of, of tasers uh, was was approved by the board. Um, so a lot, a lot of expenses like that happen, and um, uh, uh, you know these are uh, boards. You know that there's there's legislation. You know I won't won't get into too much detail, but the police services act and in the police services act. This is one of the boards where, you know, uh, the public can come and and and, and say their piece. Um, and uh, it's it's made up of our our police services board in Ottawa at least is made up of three city councilors, um, and 
three members uh, appointed by the um, city and one by the province, I believe. And again, you know, th this this board is is supposed to, uh, you know, uh, hold the police accountable, and, and they're also responsible for having what the legislation calls maintain an adequate amount of policing. What that means is often up to participation, because I think a lot of us, when we think about that, think that that can mean a lot, a very small police force, but to to obviously more um, people that are more pro-police will say that that means a lot of police across our city. So, you know, that's that's something that they always bring up at the board. Um, <clears throat> but but a lot of the times, um, you know, these boards turn into uh, really a rubber stamp uh, sort of thing. And and I guess we'll, 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 we'll get into it, but for a really, really long time, um, before 2020, before uh, the murder of George Floyd happened, um, you know, almost nobody showed up to these board meetings. Uh, uh, they were often no dele no delegates who spoke at them. Um, and, you know, the things would keep getting approved as as normal. I mean, I, I, I so, you know, at the first board meeting that I attended, there were four people uh, there who spoke and then, you know, kept getting bigger and bigger when in, until um, November 2020, when there were over 100 people who spoke at the budget consultation. And then this year, again, there were close to 70 people. So there was still a lot. Um, so, you know, and I understand, and again, I assume we'll get into this too, but I, I understand the hesitancy of people in getting involved in, in these forums because it, it's traumatized, it's certainly traumatizing for people. Um, and also I understand uh, people who, who don't, for reasons of like not believing in, in, in electoral politics or institutional politics, I don't disagree with that. But I, like you said, Emma, I, I think it can be a, 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 a powerful and influential tool for you know, average people. Um, and we have seen some, I wouldn't call them transformational things happen, but, yeah. but we have certainly, uh, dele you know, delegates and, and organizations who have spoken at the meeting have certainly shifted things um, more than we would have if we just did other things. Obviously, like, you know, um, that, I, th I think we need a, obviously like an approach that sees multiple things. So like that with folks on the street, uh, out protesting are, 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 are two solutions that go hand in hand. I don't think you can have really one without the others, especially in the space that we're currently in. Yeah, I mean, that's a fairly comprehensive snapshot <laughs> of what these boards are, what they do, what they mean. Could you just touch on, for people who don't know what a delegation is, uh, could you explain what that is? Yeah, and sorry, that's a good point. I should have, I should have explained a bit about the, the technical, that technical aspect. So, you know, and uh, basically every everyone when they go speak at these meetings uh, has um, or you can say they can send the written delegations too but they have five minutes to to speak which isn't a, a lot of time and, and that that basically makes up a, a delegation so you got you have five minutes to to say your piece often speaking to a particular item on the agenda and and, and they're very strict with what with what you can and can't speak to uh, at these meetings uh, as well so that that makes mm -hmm. for a lot of um tension oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. too. Yeah, sometimes uh, things can get a little spicy uh, <laughs> when they really want you to stick to that five minutes or follow their code of conduct. Or, uh, but there I are some people that yeah, get yeah. Um, get more time than others, and those are people often that we see, you know, are more have opinions that that are more praising the police, uh, who are more often given more time than those who have a more critical voice. Yeah. All right. So. I guess when was the first meeting you attended? It was actually the June <clears throat> 2020 meeting. So it was right after um, 
<clears throat> the murder of George Floyd. And as I said, there were four of us there, but by the next one, there was about 12. And then, it, as I said, I kept growing, but I, I don't remember specifically what I said because it was so long ago. Yeah. Um, but we were all speaking about, you know, this idea of moving away, obviously towards towards uh, policing and, 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 and defunding or reallocating resources towards, uh, you know, things that actually curb, you know, the social ills of, of, of our city. And many of the, <clears throat> many of the members were very, um, you know, apprehensive towards that, especially one of the counselors who said something like, you know, th these are people's jobs that are on the line. You know, if we cut the budget, people are going to lose their jobs. And then I said something to the tune of like, you know, why, why is there a double standard for police? If, you know, people are always running and jumping and excited when we want to have austerity when it comes to other public services like public health or other things. But, but when it comes to the police, you know, these counselors are always, uh, always have something to say. So that was the first meeting that I, that I attended, uh, right. It was tensions were, were high. Not much of us, but you know, <clears throat> Uh, could you remind me, was Horizon already formed at this point? Yeah, so we first formed in May uh, 2020. We actually were a group before that <clears throat> in okay. 2019, but we uh, were not a formally like a, an organization or, or we're not called to Horizon Ottawa by that point. Um, we were just a smaller group, but in June 2020, we were, yeah, we had just launched a month before that, yeah. Okay, and so when you started attending, were you, do you attend representing as a, an individual or are you attending representing horizon or do you flip between the two? Yeah, I think I, when I started um, going to the meetings, I, I, I was coming as horizon Ottawa, but since I've, I've been coming as more, uh, more just uh, by myself as a, as a, as a private resident gives, I guess, gives me a little bit more leeway with what I want to, uh, though our organization obviously has a stance in favor of, you know, defunding the police and, and reallocating resources. I obviously like, you know, as our membership grows, I, I, I'm a little bit more cognizant of like, you know, what I should and should not be saying in terms of representing right. organization, but yeah. I will say from my personal attendance, watching you speak and sometimes go head to head with the counselors and members, it is quite something to behold. Thank you. Yeah, it's impressive. The meetings are on YouTube. Um, I believe it's the city of Ottawa's channel they're archived. So I definitely encourage listeners to go back, um, watch some of these meetings. Some of the things that happen, um, shocking, I would say, we're going to get into more of it. Uh, so for, from 2020, summer that, the summer that George Floyd was murdered until present day, a few, I think, key things that have, have happened one of, to me, the most notable things, because I guess this is when I started tracking myself, what was going on with these meetings. Uh, <laughs> we've seen protests in Ottawa. We've definitely seen a more critical eye on policing from the public. We've seen things like performative acts from our prime minister uh, in solidarity of the Black Lives Matter movement. And more specifically from the council, we've seen things like promises to reduce the budget, then became freeze the budget. And then what happened in uh, at the uh, final meetings in 2021 became an increase to the budget. Could you maybe walk us through from 2020 to present day, 
briefly how that happened from your observation attending these meetings. Yeah, and 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 I'll say too to to that point, last point you just brought up. I mean, wh what I would always say when I went to the meetings in 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 twenty twenty one, because I knew that they were going to do that. I knew they were going to come up with some sort of compromise quote unquote compromise, because it's not really a compromise, obviously they still raised the budget as a reduction to the increase that they were giving and, and mm -hmm. say that it was a reduction. And even one of the counselors who are more pro-police aptly said, this isn't a, a, a reduction. <laughs> this is still an increase. So, I mean, the chair of that committee, Diane Deans, is always trying to sell um, what, what they're doing as transformative um, when in, in reality, obviously we all know that it's not. And it's frustrating to listen to them, her, them all speak. Um, I will say there is, are maybe one or two members that sometimes seem like they're meaningfully engaging. But anyways, um, in terms of the, the key events, I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember that, that protest um, <clears throat> on the, um, on, in June uh, in Ottawa was, I think the, probably one of, if not the biggest protest I ever saw in the city. I think there were like 15,000, maybe uh, it was something like that, like people yeah. at the protest and it was, it was quite powerful and like moving and it was, it was really amazing to see. Um, I remember, you know, seeing police snipers on the roof of mm -hmm. um, the chapters on Rideau Street, um, yeah. you know, and, and I've been to a lot of uh, rallies and protests in my life and I'm, I'm not not attuned to that and, and I've been you know under the boot of an officer before and and pepper sprayed and beaten by police and protests and whatnot but but uh, you know it's always you, you never you, you always you always get shocked when you see that stuff even if it's happened to you before um yeah but um so that I would say was probably something that really really raised people's consciousness about this in, in our city and you know there were also a lot of calls around not only our mayor and, and, and condemning the performative action, uh, sorry, our prime minister and the performative actions of his, but also Jim Watson, um, mm -hmm. our mayor, um, was saying that he was going to come out to this rally, but he got so much um, hate around it that he it didn't end up showing up. And I think it's important to note, too, uh, uh, you know, our mayor is someone who <clears throat> came out and condemned the murder of George Floyd um, in a very performative way. But when, um, you know, Abdi Ram Abdi was murdered by, uh, you know, Constable Daniel Monson, uh, there were, he said nothing about it. Um, so, and, you know, as we say, it's, it's easy to condemn the murder of a black man thousands of miles away, but when it happens in your city and you say nothing, um, you know, it's quite telling. Um, and obviously Jim Watson has all, always supported police budget increases. He's always supported, um, you know, maybe in a subtle way more, you know, more, more violence in our city, more, more money for things like uh, road expansion, uh, developers doing whatever they want in our city. So, but a really important moment, I think, in the history of between 2020 to now and sort of what got us here was that verdict that saw Daniel Monson, um, who, who, who murdered uh, Abdi Ram Abdi, um, set free. Uh, without any consequences. I think that was, it. For, for I think for Ottawa, that was sort of our George Floyd moment. And mm -hmm. it really, it really shook a lot of people. Um, you know, we were, we were seeing, you know, what was happening across North America and seeing all, a lot of these police, for lack of a better word, I mean, we're ab all abolitionists. So, I mean, I think a lot of us don't see 
it's 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 always hard to reconcile you know these people like police getting prison sentences and whatnot because we don't want to cheer on people going to prison but i mean there's some semblance i guess in the current system that we're in of, of justice but you know we're all we're seeing to a certain extent these police officers being held accountable and to see that happen here was very frustrating for a lot of people i think and um after that there was um uh the 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 occupation of Nicholas and Laurier mm -hmm. <clears throat> that happened on November 20th, uh, 2020, um, called the We Are Related um, March. And it was organized by um, Justice for Abdi organization, um, the KZ Land Defenders uh, Assembly of Seven Generations and um, CPEP, uh, Criminalizers of Punishment Education Project and others. Um, and it was an occupation that lasted several days, um, mm -hmm. but then, you know, was 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 ended abruptly when the police um, attacked, basically, um, and uh, and I went out to. I mean, I wasn't there when that happened, but I went out to support. A lot of people from Horizon Ottawa went out to support, but they the police violently attacked. Um, you know, desecrated indigenous artifacts and 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 sacred uh, objects, um, and were not held accountable for it. And and when, you know, when. Um, when the, the 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 organizers of the protests asked to meet with the police services board, and I think this is where the police services board come comes in, they refused to meet with them. And then when they finally accepted to meet with them, the hours after they accepted, the police came and and broke up violently uh, the occupation. Um, you know, and and following that, I think was a big reason why there were so many people that came out to the that November meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, November 22nd, 2020, uh, the police services board yeah. meeting. So I think that was a huge um, turning point for our city in terms of um, the movement in, in our city in particular around, um, around you know, uh, uh, this, this move to fund the police movement and, and, and around coming out to these police services board meeting because that was a perfect example until it got broken up, I suppose, of, of activism happening on the ground and activism happening at the police services board to try and shift. And of course, there was the meeting that happened and the police services board, obviously, I mean, there were 100 people there. And at the beginning of the meeting, Diane Deans, the chair of the board basically said, we're not going to listen to any of you and we're not going to change our minds on the budget, and which was incredibly insulting to a lot of people there. But it still was a big show of strength from from the community um, and, 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 and forced them to, you know, make some difficult decisions this year, the following year. But and I'm sure we'll get into that, but it, it wasn't yeah. what people wanted, but. Yeah, I mean, the, there was there was a lot there. And yeah. uh, I think one of the things I know I found personally uh, frustrating with, I guess, activism, especially in this city, in this country as a whole, but uh, to this, in this city, especially, I don't know, there's something about Ottawa that uh, people are resistant or there's the extra, maybe it's the, it's the capital and there's a lot of government workers, but there's a real resistance to getting involved. And there's a, almost like a, a separation or a distance or a, an othering of, well, it's happening somewhere else. And so uh, that movement, that shift from 2020 to now of people really seeing that it's happening here, it's close to home, it, it's impacting neighbors, loved ones, and people are talking about it. 
um, that connection, that solidarity, and those voices coming out and breaking through. Because let's face it, uh, journalism, the media, the way they spin things, the way they silence people, they're not doing activists on the ground any favors. So uh, seeing that show of solidarity on the 22nd, seeing how people have been coming together and standing up, I, I personally, it, it, it's one of the big reasons that I started this podcast is because I know there are people out there who want to do better, who want to get involved and who are like, I've had enough and I want to, yeah, it's like, I'm throwing my hat in, put me in coach, I'm ready. So. And I think that to that point, I mean, I think that for people who have more of a hesitancy of, of actually going out on the ground, which I know some people have, um, and people, you know, uh, you know, white folks should get rid of that sort of idea and actually go and put themselves on the line to protect, you know, or, or like to, to be there and stand in solidarity with, with racialized folks. But there are obviously people who who still don't want to do that and, that, and that's okay. But the police services board acts as a, a good sort of starting thing for, for folks to actually go and and speak at these board meetings or even send a written delegation to as a start. And and, and I think that's that's an important point that mm-hmm. you, you raise because I think there's there's different levels of engagement, especially to start. People don't have to go right away on the streets, but but you know, they can start by talking at a virtual meeting, which which doesn't take you know that much effort. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so we've already mentioned this, the uh, meeting of November 22nd, um, 2021, I think it stood out to me because, I mean, you know, since June of 2020, there's been an increasing number of folks who have been coming out and showing up to these meetings, having their voices heard, participating. There's been an increase in actions uh, in the city, protests. And yet it it seems like the board almost has their fingers in their ears. Like they're really just trying so hard to find ways to ignore uh, the voices, those voices. And especially the voices of um, the racialized folks who are, let's face it, the ones having the bulk of the negative interactions with uh, police. And um, at this meeting, I think, I, I don't know that it was the most um, people who have ever showed up or written in delegations. It was the most I've personally witnessed. And yet they came back with still increasing the budget. Um, I mean, I think you've already kind of touched on this, but very clearly the state for, for the people, like, what do you make of this after, I guess, almost two years of showing up to these meetings? How did you feel? Yeah, you know, I think the way that I approach a lot of these meetings in, in my, you know, the way that I approach them is I, I, I don't always believe that it will do anything or create change. And, and I think that it's, I wouldn't say that it's naive to think that. I, I, I do think that, um, it, 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 you know, we know what we're dealing with, right? And, and, and it takes time. And, and I think obviously like at the end of the day, um, 
Um, and this is what we're working towards with Horizon Ottawa. Really, we're you know we're, we're working towards uh, electing a better city council. At the end of the day, we want to see different people on that police services board because we know mm -hmm. that they won't move. And, and at the end of the day, like that, you know, we're we're saying like the people on the city council, they all need to change because because we can't work with these folks. These are not the folks that are going to push for a more transformative agenda that that we want. But um, to your to your earlier point, uh, you know. I, it's always quite quite telling to to go to these meetings and, and see them ignoring folks who who, who spend a lot of time uh, out of their day and, and actually really care about this um, and 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 end up having this budget increase and and then to not not only to to not listen to us but but to say to to say that they have and to say that this is some some sort of historic decision and 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 you know chair Diane Deans was in the in the in the auto citizen or in the media the next day saying on the radio saying that you know those who showed up should be very proud of themselves because they made real change <laughs> you know yeah. obviously there's there's something about that that is quite dismissive and and condescending to very everyone who, exactly and, and it, it really reeks of of some white liberal feminist energy that that really exudes from diane deans when she um whenever she presents herself in the in these meetings or, or in city council and whatnot. Yeah. And, and for folks listening at home, when I say it, it feels like counselors sticking their fingers in their ears and trying not to listen, what I really mean is because these meetings are videoed, you can see the board members. As someone is delegating, pouring their heart out, passionately speaking, you can see council or board members uh, either, you know, shift, like rifling through papers or having another conversation on camera or just very, very, it's very dismissive. And then sometimes they'll come back with questions that like, you know, think just very banal questions that kind of make you wonder, well, this information, these statistics have been presented to you like month after month. It's the information has been presented to you in written form. It is your job to know this information. And yet here you are asking this question for, I don't know, the third month in a row to this person who is coming here talking about a loved one, loved one they've lost who's been murdered by police. Like it's really, they are trying very hard to find ways to dismiss people showing up. So an important point though, because there's a the really good example of one of, um, you know, a, a really good and uh, team of, of, of researchers, Vivek Research, who helped mm -hmm. us a lot with um, different things like the alternative municipal budget, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit later, yes. but they did a report um, or a study or a report um, with um, the 613819 Black Hub about yes. alternatives to policing. And they presented that report at least three or four times. And every time they presented, um, one of the you know board members, uh, Robert Sueda, one in particular, Ugh. is always like, oh, this is really interesting. Can you send me this later? Like, oh, uh, oh like, how, how are we going to, uh, how are we going to, but, you know, you come here and you, you talk about alternatives, but how are we actually going to do it? And they actually present this report that's very thorough and and, and very uh, you know it, it it's very realistic and so you know it it's it's obviously you know it tells us that they're they're not listening to your points. Yeah, yeah, it, it, that yeah, that's that's actually one of the 
when I was speaking, like that's one of the ones that stands out to me so, so clearly. Uh, so uh, yeah, taking into account the number of people and organizations like Vivek that keeps, you know, they continuously show up to these meetings um, and speaking out against uh, that proposed increase. What do you make of the board's decision to reduce the proposed budget by, I believe it was 2.65 million. Um, and like follow up to that because I, since there was a, you know, public scrutiny and so much attention. And I think because there were so many people that showed up to that last meeting, what do you make of it? And do you consider that a win? Yeah, that's a complicated question, right? Because I mean, I would say obviously like in, <clears throat> excuse me, in real terms, no, because the budget was increased. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think trying to pass it off as anything else would sort of benefit their narrative that this was a historic yeah. decision. But in another sense, it, it can be seen as at least pushing it, the narrative forward a bit because you know, we did, you know, it was a smaller increase. So, I mean, we did have somewhat of an, it, it's, it's clear what I, what I, what I mean to say that it's, it's clear that we had an influence. It's clear that we made it really difficult for them. And, and we saw what, when this um, discussion around decreasing, it was happening because most the, all the board was unanimous, not decrease, excuse me. Um, and a smaller increase was happening. Um, the chief of police, Peter Soli was, you know, irate. He was very mm -hmm. angry, and as he often does at these get at these meetings, <clears throat> um, to the point of almost yelling. Um, so I mean, it's it's clear that you know we're getting under their skin, and at the very least, I think we've been doing a good job of it, and we have been making their jobs difficult. And I think that's really important. And I think um, we might talk about this too. But at the last board meeting, they you know they they passed a motion trying to limit the democratic participation of, 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 of delegates. And it's because we've been doing a, such a good job of influencing and pressuring them um, since, since the murder of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that follow up to that. Um, and you are someone who has uh, had the opportunity to speak or has been interviewed on uh, various news outlets. Let, let me let me backtrack there first <laughs> um as someone with media experience how do you feel about this framing that uh, this budget reduction to the increase got the framing as it being a historic move that the board made and then the follow-up to that being with Horizon along with the other groups put out this alternative budget. Yeah. Uh, that's a, my question does not make sense here, but. <laughs> I got it, I got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, like like I said before, I, I think the framing of it being historic is was very funny to me, honestly. It was, it was just, it was frustrating. I mean, it's frustrating and, but you know, I, mostly I found it funny because at the same time, right, that we were, debating this, the city of Edmonton passed a, a motion on a budget that froze the, their police budget. 
So yeah. if this is historic, what does that say about us? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't also, it's, I, I don't think this is, this isn't the first time that the police had a, a reduction to their increase. I mean, I, mean, I, th- I, I think in 2019, um, their increase was also reduced a bit um, by Jim Watson, of all people. Um, who who said, uh, and I'm not quoting directly, but who said that this money would be better spent in other social services other than the police. So he actually did say that in 2019. So it is interesting to, to see this. And obviously that was more of a performative point because we know the mayor's position um, on, on police. Um, but, you know, I would say that to call it historic is, is actually not not only funny and, and and wrong, but it's insulting to all the people who come out to these meetings and you know racialized folks in the city who face police violence uh, every day um yeah and uh as a follow i don't know if you want me to speak about the yeah like talk about the alternative budget that um that's been released um yeah i mean so this is a long uh so to a certain sort of a standing project, we started this last year, we, we did an alternative budget in 2020 and one in 2021 this past year, but um, at, uh, Horizon Ottawa is one of the coalition members, but we have the, the Ottawa Coalition for a People's Budget, which is a um, sort of democratically run coalition. And, and, and this budget takes quite a bit of time to produce uh, a couple of months before um, we get together and we start writing. It was a bit I wouldn't say easier, but it was a bit different this year because we already had another budget from last year to sort of work off of. But this is sort of a, <clears throat> a document that was inspired by sort of the, the Canadian Center for Policy Alternatives. Every year they put out an alternative federal budget. And they actually had done one in Winnipeg. So there was an alternative budget in Winnipeg done a couple of years ago. So we sort of drew inspiration from that. And we worked with Vivic Research <clears throat> to do this and about 20 other organizations across the city, including Free Transit Ottawa, Ottawa ACORN, um, the Criminalization and Punishment Education Project, the Ottawa Black Diaspora Coalition, um, Free Transit Ottawa, uh, uh, or Ottawa Transit Riders, among others. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it's basically, it's a budget, I would say, that, that seeks to um, see how our money would be spent if, you know, we had a city council that actually had values of, you know, social, economic, and environment, ju- environmental justice at, at, at its core focus, because obviously currently we don't have that. Um, and it's a budget, you know, that seeks to, to, to do things differently and also to show <clears throat> one that what it would look like in terms of, you know, reallocating things and that we can reallocate things and still have the money for it. And, and also that uh, makes a comment sort of about the limitations that a lot of municipalities have in terms of raising revenue. So for example, um, a lot of the money that the city spends and that, that, that they get is from property taxes. And there's not a huge base for that. So I mean, a lot of cities around the world um, actually can raise money in different ways, like you know, having a tax on people who have mansions, like a mansion tax, which is something that we, we should have here in Ontario and in, in Ottawa, or, or having... Um, Different different taxes on 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 a, a more progressive property tax, so that people who have who have uh, you know uh, uh, properties that are worth less pay pay less, and people who have more more expensive properties pay more. Uh, 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 and you know, and also do things like making uh, services more 
equitable. So it, it proposed things like free transit, for example. It proposed things like eliminating user fees um, at, at um, recreation centers, for example, so that you didn't have to pay to go to a pool or go to a gym or, or, or a city-run gym or anything like that. Um, and, a, and a bunch of other things, and, and also spending more money, obviously, on, on, on climate action, spending more money on housing, uh, because we only spend $14 million a year on new affordable housing. Uh, so so it, it encompassed a lot of things and um, really seeks to say, you know, to act as an activism tool for, for organizations so that they can ask, actually ask for more, right, and not mm -hmm. undersell themselves and their ass, but also to be like, hey, like, we can actually spend spend money in in, in, a, in a way that benefits people and obviously there's the the piece about the the police and in our budget we call for i think about a upwards of 60 percent defunding or, or reallocation of funds from the police to other services um and it, it's a comment on you know look look how much money we're uselessly spending on on the police are we uh, the, the budget cuts a lot of the frontline services and, and reallocates a lot of it to you know creating this, some sort of mental health crisis unit, which is really what we should be doing in the city, what other cities have done. And every day that we're not doing that, people are are dying and getting seriously harmed. Yeah. I like that you bring up the mental health crisis unit because I think a lot of times that's where people get kind of stuck um, yeah. or not. Yeah. That's a, a large part of what police are responding to right now. And they're just ill-equipped and you know there have been other models and I, I often see in the board meetings that's where members board members get stuck where they, that's where a lot of the arguments against comes from where they keep bringing up how other models in different cities have failed how those uh, crisis, the mental health crisis units have failed. Um, I, I personally find uh, this criticism quite, uh, it lacks imagination and vision because they just kind of go, well, they failed. And I kind of see it as, okay, where those cities may have failed, why do we not use that as a starting point? And, and I just think a really important point to, thing to point out is that the reason that a lot of these um, uh, models or whatever failed is because they didn't give enough adequate funding to them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not just because the model didn't work. And I mean, I, I think I can see that happening in Ottawa, right? Where they put money in or they put not enough money into it, like $2.6 million. Mm -hmm. And then it fails because they don't have enough money to keep yeah. going or to do all the work they need to do. And this is what they've been doing in these cities. They've been doing, oh, look, we put money into it and it failed but it's just because they're not putting the money that they need. I mean, if we put $40 million or something like that, upwards of that to a thing like this, and it's probably would be even less expensive because the police are a lot more expensive than this because they have a lot of things that are useless, like weapons, like, um, you know, we pay for their dry cleaning, random stuff like that, um, that we wouldn't be paying for, for a, a, a mobile uh, mental health I'm, crisis unit. I'm so, sorry, I didn't realize we were paying for their dry cleaning. That's part of their budget. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Vivek research, brings it up a lot that like that's part of their budget, like the dry cleaning or whatever. Okay. Yeah, other things, other useless things like that. I, I mean, um, yeah, it, it's it's really and it, it's an argument that we always we always talk about, right? It's like if 
not only would would there you know be less harm in our city but 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 it's 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 more and i don't like to say it but it's right but it's more fiscally sound it's 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 better for it's cheaper it's you know not and not only is is, is that it like without the less harm less people would be going to emer the emergency room so that mm -hmm. would have a less strain on, on our system and our system as well less people would be going to shelters uh, etc if, if we spent more on on on, on, on social um spending so so no, it's just I... um yeah. When you when you look at the social determinants of health, um, there's a lot of arguments against uh, the police running the show mm -hmm. as they have been um, responding to the calls that they do. And again, yeah, it, it is it's not fiscally responsible to have them as a catch all for what they're responding mm -hmm. to. And um, an another one of the points I, that I find city or uh, the board members bring up often is traffic enforcement and speeding, mm -hmm. which again, like, no, no, think outside the box, like throw some more speed bumps, roundabouts, traffic lights. Like there are so many ways I mean, yeah. around it that like give bylaw more power. Like, I don't know. It's, it's a good point that you bring up because really the real solution to that is to just to put more money into making our streets safer yeah um like, as opposed to spending more money on the police again like and and this all we've been talking about this part but the, that all comes down to the point that the police are a reactionary measure mm -hmm. what we're talking about like making our streets safer uh like um you know other things those are preventative things yeah those are the things that we need and, and the police are not that they were never meant to be that no um, and that's where a lot of the issue comes from yeah, uh, gonna go backwards a little, or not backwards, but to get back into kind of how the mechanics of the board and how it works, it's set up in such a way that there is no dialogue with people um, coming to the board meetings. Um, it's a very, you show up, you speak, and then you're sent on your way. I don't find this to be a very democratic process. Um, they treat it as if this is the way, this is how we have the input of the people. And yet it's a very dehumanizing process. It feels, from my experience speaking, it felt like almost mocking um, to not have that exchange, to not be able to ask questions of these people making such important decision, decisions. Um, you know, like I have questions of these people making decisions. Be like, are you really qualified to make this this call? Like, I've been sitting here watching you in these meetings. Um, it doesn't sound like you're actually listening to the people that are speaking to you. You have gaps of knowledge, and yet you're supposed to be making this really important decision. What is a way you think that this process could be made um, more democratic? fairer what do you think the role of these board members are what do you think the role of city councilors are and what do you think the role of the mayor is like this big picture yeah i mean that's a big question um, yeah i i think i think that um you're right in saying that um the the, the this board the, the, the way that it currently is is not necessarily something that's incredibly conducive to 
meaningful discussion and, and they were sort of saying that yesterday, but obviously their solution is to make it less democratic. Um, but yeah, I mean, we should allow, be allowed to ask questions of them. I mean, there are, we pay their salaries. Um, they should be accountable to us, but they're not. Um, uh, um, yeah, I, I mean, look, like I will say, um, obviously, like I, I think that at the end of the day, local government, municipal government is, at least in theory, supposed to be the most democratic form of government. And I think, you know, and I think that says it like was when we speak at these board meetings, we have more of an impact than if you spoke at a provincial tribunal or, or federal body or whatever. And I think that's still true. But I mean, I, I, I yeah, I, I mean, again, at, at the end of the day, it all, it all goes to, um, and it, it's fortunate that we have a, a, a municipal election coming up very, very soon. Uh, we need to organize to make sure that these, a lot of these folks don't get reelected. And I think a lot of that goes with, um, uh, maybe this, maybe this podcast, uh, episode may age badly. Who knows when <laughs> we find out the results afterwards, <laughs> but I mean, it, it, you know, it, 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 and we need to get everyone on board with that. I mean, even, um, social-based movement groups, uh, uh, but I think it's, it's obviously important. It's, it's really important to, and even though I, I, I'm involved in a lot in electoral organizing, just because that's sort of, you know, how we're, we're power lies currently, but it's always important to think about um, what happens outside of that and, and, and having a combined approach, in my opinion, to, mm -hmm. to, 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 to challenging power and state power, because one without the other doesn't accomplish, always accomplish, always accomplish much. I mean, obviously there's instances where either or do accomplish a lot, but, uh, and sometimes being on the street accomplishes more, but anyways, I mean, it's, it's important to, you know, I, th I think a lot of that can influence decision making too. So if yeah. that answers the question, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. And you touched on a, a good point that this is an election year. And um, so uh, getting into more of the horizon kind of focus, what has uh, horizon got planned for election year? Yeah, so I mean, we're going to be, you know, we've been election planning for um, about a year now. Um, and before that, I mean, I mean, this is sort of our raison d'etre a bit. Obviously, we're going to continue to do it. We do stuff outside of the elections and we're going to exist after the election, I hope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're going to endorse uh, hopefully a bunch of candidates. And um, we have about uh, close to 500 members now and hopefully get those folks to get involved in their local campaign so that they can push um, to ensure that we have uh, a good progressive leftist, um, for the most part, uh, representation um, in that local ward, and also for the mayoralty. Um, really, what we want to do is, is ensure not only that there is somebody to support that's progressive in a ward, but also that they have good trained people there, too. So we also are working to working with different campaigns um, to help uh, train people to, 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 you know, go in the, over the fundamental and basics of a campaign so that they can hopefully try and have a competitive campaign with either an incumbent or a campaign that's supported by the mayor or, 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 a, or a right wing uh, campaign, because we really want to ensure that, you know, a lot of progressives around the city get elected and, and ensuring that 
of course that there's only one choice uh, for progressive in a word because we don't want to split the vote um, and 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 have the risk that a you know right wing person can squeak up the middle. Um, I think a lot of us across the city are sick and tired of you know the representation that we've had making our city literally a laughing stock across the country with right with things like the LRT <laughs> scandal happening and um, yeah. you know as we we all know about that and 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 um, and also you know change the way our city functions and make it more democratic. Uh, you know, when it comes to the budget process, having a fairer budget process that also that that actually has sees and this is also the point of right around the alternative budget. We we also made this budget to see like this is what it looks like when communities have real input into the budget. Because currently, what's happening is that it's 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 being written by the mayor in his office, and then it's sent out a 300, 200, 300 page document. You know, to to look at two months before who's going to be able to. To look at that any no, no average person average resident in the city would be able to have a meaningful comment on a, a document mm -hmm. like that so yeah so um uh anyways so that's sort of our strategy yeah like you know endorsing getting our members to endorse candidates and then go help out on those campaigns uh, on those local campaigns and also obviously the mayoral uh campaign and 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 influence and not only influence the policy on that campaign but actually work on those campaigns and and to work to get those unorganized to get those people elected yeah Right on. And uh, if there are any listeners who are, are like, great, this is this sounds wonderful. And now <laughs> I want to join Horizon and help get some progressives elected. Wait, how would they go about that? Where would they find Horizon? That's uh, great plug. I didn't even have to do it myself. That's <laughs> great. Um, so you can go into our website, horizonottawa.ca. Um, and we have a forum on our website that you can fill out to say how you want to get involved, but you can also become a member of our organization. Uh, it's free to join, um, or it's pay what you can. So if, if you don't want to pay anything, then that's totally cool. If you, if you, if you do want to pay something, that's also cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, we have, you go on our website, risingottawa.ca, click get involved and there's, um, uh, a page to become a member. So I, I encourage folks to do that. We always need more people and more capacity. We're all volunteers. Um, so it would really, uh, really help uh, to, you know, we, we want to really build the biggest electoral, grassroots electoral movement that, that we've seen in this, in the city at the municipal level um, ever and really create real um, transform, transformative change uh, in 2022. And I, I think there's a lot of momentum towards that. People are really, um, really tired about it. So, so, and, 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 and mo motivated, they're angry, but I think it's a bit of righteous indignation, right? right People on. are using that, that anger to, to fuel, um, wanting for change. So. Yeah. Right on. And, uh, I know horizon works closely with other organizations and I know that those organizations are also working towards, um, mobilizing people this election. So any other organizations you would recommend people should check out? Definitely. I mean, I mean, there's, it's a big list of uh, organizations, but off the top of my head, I mean, I know Courage Ottawa is another group that, that is also working towards organizing in the election, so people should check them out. Um, as I said earlier, the Ottawa Black Diaspora Coalition is doing a lot of good stuff. A7G, um, don't necessarily work that closely with them all the time, but but they're a really good um, uh, Indigenous youth-led organization that people should follow. Um, <clears throat> Free Transit Ottawa. We work with a lot in Ottawa Transit Riders, um, the Criminalization Punishment Education Project, and co the Coalition Against More Surveillance Ottawa, CAMS Ottawa does a lot of good work around policing, and we do a lot of work with them a lot. Uh, ACORN Ottawa is another one. ACORN is 
another group that's doing a lot of work around the municipal elections. Um, so people should really check them out too. And, and we'll be working really, really closely with them. And um, uh, Climate Justice Ottawa is another one that, I, that I'll that also mention. Obviously, um, you know, we a lot of the stuff we talk about too is about, we spoke a lot about policing today, but we, you know, uh, climate justice is, is something that we're really passionate about and, and something that um, Climate Justice Ottawa does a lot of good work on uh, as well. So people should join that too. And, and if people have the, <laughs> the, um, uh, the time and, and, and energy, I mean, it's, I think it's always also important to look at maybe getting involved in your local community association um, and, and, and seeing how you can change things there. I mean, a lot of those organizations uh, are, are sort of run by um, a lot of um, older uh, white folks, but I mean, those organizations could use some good change up as well, and they have a lot of influence in this city. So, so those are other another organizations that eventually we should look at, um, you know, changing too. But, but uh, yeah, so there's a lot of there's a lot of good organizations in the city. I, I think a lot of people look at Ottawa and they don't think there's a good activist space um, or a big activist space, and 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 we are smaller, but but there's a lot of good organizations across the city doing a lot of good work. So. So I think we should we should you know definitely look. Those are some that I think folks should definitely look into, and and um, and groups that I think and hopefully think will have will have an impact uh, uh, on the city this uh, this time around. Right on. And uh, lastly, for those who like, I like everything that's happening here. However, I don't work well with others. What would you say to them if they still want to get involved? However, organization organizations just aren't for them. That's a really good point and a really good idea. I, I think uh, from time to time, we do have smaller things from for our organization, like email campaigns that people can fill out or um, also help with, um, you know, different uh, writing things or, um, you know, I, I think people, if they don't, if they're not too into getting involved in organizations, they can do things at the city without getting involved in organizations, like speak at a police services board meeting that doesn't require you to get involved with an organization um, or anything like that. So there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, and maybe, you know, we don't have to get involved in an organization, but maybe when election time comes around, maybe look at getting involved on a campaign and, and going door to door or doing something like that. That uh, was what, what I would recommend, but, but that's, that's a good point. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, or, or you can also, you know, don't have to join us, uh, but you can donate to Horizon Ottawa as well. Maybe put another small plug in there. So, so I would definitely suggest some of those things. Yeah. I will also add, you don't have to join them at following those, uh, those organizations on social media. That way you can still uh, stay involved, keep tabs on what's going on in the city because these organizations are always sharing information about uh, things that are happening in terms of local politics, um, you know, sharing news that may not be hitting uh <laughs> the the news outlets quite the mm -hmm. same way so mm -hmm. that's also just a great way of staying informed about what's happening in the city yeah so to to sum up everything that we've just gone over because that's a lot um yeah. we, our, our city like many others has a police services board that uh, makes a lot of the decisions and is supposed to hold the police accountable, though because of the uh, interesting laws in Ontario, they don't have a lot of power in terms of firing or pay or suspending people without pay, which if you ask me is also uh, would 
you know, be a good way to cut some of that budget. Mm -hmm. Um, I lost my train of thought there because that's all, that's always something that sticks in in my mind. Like, why are all these uh, police that are being investigated, just sitting at home, continuing to rack in basically on vacation. Yeah. Massive salaries. Um, we, the city just approved a, a very sizable increase despite a massive cries from the public to freeze the budget. Um, there are many ways you can get involved. Uh, I'm actually in the show notes going to link the Vivic research uh, report. It is lengthy, however, even just perusing or reading the, the summary at the end can give you a a great snapshot into um, what a mental health crisis response unit could look like in this city. I'm also going to link the alternative budget that was released. Um, Actually, I'm going to link a a few other things as well. This is a big year for the city. Some real potential to change things up, lead us in a different direction. I really hope everyone listening gets involved in some way. Also, if you feel like checking out those that YouTube channel, I for the city of Ottawa and looking at those board meetings, you can learn a lot about uh, how things have been going and see the behavior of our board members. There were some some spicy moments. Um, <laughs> Yeah, to say the least. There will be a lot of links there for y'all. Sam, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sharing a lot of knowledge and experience. (laughs) As the elections come closer, I hope you'll come back and talk to us some more about what's been going on and maybe, you know, get some more uh, people activated and involved. Yeah, I would love that. That'd be great. And, um... That's it. That's all I have. If you have anything else you'd like to say, here's your opportunity. Oh, I guess I would just repeat what you said and uh, get, you know, uh, if folks really want to change the way things are done in our city when it comes to things like policing and other stuff, then you can join us. Um, We're trying to build a a really big movement uh, and uh, to change, uh, to change, change our city and, and to um, make it a city that actually focuses on you know, real community safety and not, not just policing. So, and thanks uh, Emma for having me on today and and for giving me this, uh, this platform to say that. Yeah. Thank you. And um, yeah, that's it for me today. This has been a great episode and I will talk to y'all after the rest of my little hiatus. Take care and bye. For more content and to stay in touch, follow us at Beyond Black Pod on Instagram or email us at beyondblackpod at gmail.com. Beyond Black is created, hosted, and written by Emma Mitchell and produced by Jacob Mitchell. Intro and outro themes were mixed by Jacob Mitchell with outro music provided by Butter Music and Sound. Please rate, review, subscribe, share us with a friend, and let's do some work. <laughs>